Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of the Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. Welcome back to Great Lakes Confidential. Thank you. Are you welcoming me or the listener? A little of both. Oh. I Well, <laughs> well welcome back to you. Thanks. Cotter. Yeah. I Hi Angie. Admittedly, I'm not very good at opening up the show. Like like all of your podcasts, they have like an like an intro and I just kind of wing it every time. I'm like, uh, duh. <laughs> I guess I'll start talking. <laughs> I mean, it's not like my podcast intros are terribly consistent all the time. Well, what I've listened to, they are. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Soundtrack to My Life has a pretty consistent opening. Also, I'm really sorry. I still haven't listened to it. But I'll tell you why. The biggest reason why I haven't listened to that one yet is because every time you post about it, it seems like it's going to be very emotional and... I worry about how I, because like I can't, I generally listen to podcasts when I'm getting ready for work and when I'm driving and both of those times are not great for becoming emotional and crying and all of those things. And so I haven't listened to soundtrack, soundtrack of my life yet because I don't want to be emotional and then ruin my makeup or crash my car or something. 90% of that show is a fun show, but yeah, and some of the questions lend themselves to be more emotional questions, but it's a fun one. I was actually going to ask you, uh, I'm wrapping up season one of that, but uh, if you would be down to be a guest on season two Always. of that show. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Because I know a bit of... Some of the music, like I know the music that you like that we overlap on, mm -hmm. but I also know that you are a person like me who likes more than just one kind of music. Yeah. So I think it would be neat to get to learn more about you other than the fact that we both like the Misfits. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, I would love to be on it. It's not, like... I just the concept alone sounds really cool. So for our listeners, we'll give a very brief synopsis. So you started this podcast called Soundtrack of My Life or to my, my life to my life. OK. Yeah. And it you talk to various people in your life that, you know, personally, and they kind of give you like. Yeah, I talk to creative people about the music that inspires them to be creative. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So hopefully some other people that are listening to this will listen to that and love that one as much as they love this one. Yeah. Well, awesome. I mean, there are commercials at, that kick off every episode of That's this true. for right now yeah. until uh, my album comes out. And then uh, all the podcasts will have uh, a plug for my album. Yay! So, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And that's a... I love it. So that's a Great Lakes Confidential exclusive, Ooh. exclusive, exclusive, exclusive. <laughs> you did that because you know I don't know how to edit that into the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Okay, so tomorrow is Halloween. Yeah, and you have a special two-parter planned with yes. a spooky cliffhanger. Yeah, I'm excited. So um, Tomorrow's couple- Halloween as of recording this. Three days ago yes. was Halloween as you are listening to this. It's Devil's Night tonight, too, as we're recording. And did you know that Devil's Night is like a regional thing? It's not, it's not, Devil's Night is not a, um, like a national. Yeah, yeah. I, Do I, I want to call it a holiday? Do we call Devil's and Night a holiday? No, no. I mean, it, it. I know when I lived in LA, they were not super familiar with it and then i had to explain like have you ever seen the movie the crow mm. so be- yeah you know and then um uh yeah because people that i was friends with in la were always wondering like why are you tp'ing and throwing eggs on my car <laughs> and i was like michigan so michigan. this way when you leave my house tonight and you see that your car is tp'd and oh. covered in eggs you're gonna go like i yeah. get it <laughs> He loves me. One of my one of my coworkers today was saying that uh, he was going to be sitting on his porch waiting for people that have eggs and toilet paper, and I was like, "All right, well, I'll catch you later." And he was, <laughs> it was funny. Anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. Um, Is that where we're going afterwards? Yep. All right. <laughs> Heading out to Royal Oak. <laughs> I just want you to know, I do not have a good throwing arm. I know that comes as a total surprise <laughs> <Right>. to you. <laughs> Shocking. I used to play softball. Don't worry, I've got this. I remember telling someone once that I thought in an alternate timeline I could have been a major league baseball player. Mm. And they were like, oh, did you like play in high school and stuff? I was like, no, I I pretty much stopped playing in 1977 when Star Wars came out. But (laughs) like I stopped when I was five. But I remember being really good at it when I was five. And they were like, yeah, yeah you could have totally gone pro there. Yeah. When I say I used to play softball, it was when I was like 10. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a couple years ago. So yeah, because of Devil's Night and Halloween and just general spookiness, this show's a two-parter. So we'll do part one this week and then part two next week. And it's got kind of, it's got the spooky theme to it. So I don't know if you remember, but a couple of weeks ago, I had asked our listeners to share with us on Facebook any places or like different stories they wanted us to explore. Yeah. Oh, uh, and also thank you so much for people sharing their yes. forebear stories. Oh my God. That was so, that was so much fun to see like the excitement on Facebook over forebears. Cause I was like, I had never, again, I had never heard of this place and to see so many people who were like, Oh my God, I remember that. And you just brought back these memories and I can smell this and I can hear this in my, in my, you know, in my head. And all of the, I was just like, I was so fascinated by it. It was really exciting. Yeah. And I, I found out from, uh, Jason Brent. I don't know if you know, Jason, he's a comedian and, uh, 
uh, likes a lot of the same music you and I like. Uh, he told me that it became a place that a lot of local bands were able to play really? too in like the '90s and stuff. That's so, amazing. Uh, yeah, I so love it. yeah, Four Bears had this completely different life that I wasn't even aware of, and it was neat too. With uh, people that were posting about like, oh, I remember Barras Beach. It's so funny that you yeah. brought that up, and like me wondering like. I wonder if they were like the next group of kids over or something yeah. like that. Like all these people that, you know, like you never know, like you could have been in the same place yes. at the same time as, you know, like it's, it's crazy. It, it, that, that is really, so when I lived in West Branch and was very young, um, I went to this woman's house. Um, we had a babysitter. She like lived on a farm and a, she babysat a bunch of kids in the area and we lived in the middle of nowhere. So it was like, you know, there was just a bunch of random, like, I, w- I was going to say field kids. We weren't field kids, but like, you know, backwoods type. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> we don't get a- We don't got to get into that. Yeah. So, um... I- I'm not happy with field kids. <laughs> I'm just imagining you running around as like a wee child on all four catching rats with your teeth or field mice. Just like. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, similar, mm. similar things have happened. Um, so. Like a lot of the kids, you know, there was just a lot of random kids that hung out there, or got babysat or whatever. And then when I was like 13 or 14, I ended up like with a boyfriend and his name was Nathan. And we got to talking one day about being kids. And it turned out that we both got babysat at this house. Oh, wow. And like then we I wouldn't say grew up because I was like 13 when we when we were boyfriend and girlfriend. But then, you know, like, it, yeah. So. Anyways, um, and he was 35, <laughs> Gross. which is how we did things as field kids. Field kids. <laughs> you found an older man and you'd be his mouser. <laughs> the show is just getting stranger and stranger. Um, so, uh, yeah, we asked people to share with us different things that they wanted us to explore. And one of them that I was kind of interested in right away was called, uh, somebody said Dice Road. Ooh. Yeah. So I don't know how I missed Dice Road on season one when we were doing like Haunted Roads, because apparently this is one of the most haunted roads in our state. There are like three different locations on Dice Road that are considered to be haunted. There's the Dice Road Cemetery, the general store, and then a house that has been given the moniker Hell House. Where is Dice Road? It's in Saginaw. Ooh. Yeah. So all the information for this show, and we're talking part one and part two, is from Wikipedia, 99WFMK.com. Review-mag.com, mlive.com, A Haunting on Dice Road Hell House, which is a documentary, and A Haunting on Dice Road 2, Town of the Dead. You were watching documentaries on haunted locations in Michigan? Yes. You live alone. How, I know. How, Listen, I was freaked out. You can You can confirm that with both Lauren and George. I was texting them both, and I was like, I think I have made a very big mistake. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Yowzers. I'm very brave sometimes. Um, so. Yeah, while you're watching a documentary. <laughs> how many lights did you sleep on with uh, that night? Like All of them. Yeah. Yeah. The epitome of bravery. That... <laughs> I know. And I slept with a stuffed bat <laughs> named Hippo. 
like a uh, swing. No, 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 like a the... like a bat, like a flying bat. Okay. Somebody crocheted him, and George bought it for me at a art fair, and his name is Hippo. <laughs> so, anyways, <laughs> you're a special kind of weird. I know. <laughs> Where is Dice Road exactly? In Saginaw, somewhere. <laughs> It's in Saginaw County. It's south of Midland, west of Saginaw, right outside of Merrill and Hemlock. Um, I'm pretty sure my uncle or somebody I know lives in Merrill. So it's pretty short. The road is pretty short. It's only about 13 miles long, but a lot of crazy things have been seen and heard on that very short strip of road. So we're going to start with the oldest story. Lucky number 13. Ooh, I didn't think of that either. Yeah, when you said it's a short road, I was not expecting it to be multiple miles. Yeah, 13, which really 13 miles isn't that long when you're thinking of a country road. Because there, there is nothing out there. Okay. Like nothing. Um, so we're going to start with the oldest story, which was which will bring the cemetery into play. Dice Road Cemetery is located on Dice Road between Hemlock and Fen Roads in Freeland, Michigan. So I searched for information on the actual cemetery, like how long it's been there and like general history of the place. But literally everything that comes up in a Google search is about the ghost that roams the place. Ooh. So the only thing I can tell you is that it's been there since the early 1800s. Even like, what is it? Find a grave or whatever. Mm Findagrave.com. Like there's no information there about how long it's the cemeteries, like no history on it. So Anyways, the story goes that Anna Rhodes and what was left of her family came to America after her father attempted to kill the entire family in a house fire in Italy. Anna was the only survivor. She was five years old when she sailed to America to live with her aunt in Saginaw. Anna's aunt Stella respected and was friends with the Indians in the area, so it came as no surprise that Anna's best friend growing up was an Indian boy named Dark Hawk. The Indians knew the reason Anna came to America And they thought her father was possessed by evil spirits. So in a way to help ward off those spirits from Anna, Dark Hawk's mother would make her a tea to drink. The tea was to rid her body of bad blood and protect her from mental illness. Her Aunt Stella had her drink it every night before bed, telling her it would give her pleasant dreams. As she grew older and more mature, she became infatuated with a white boy named Jonathan Millerton, which upset Dark Hawk. He didn't understand how she could love someone other than him, since he had been a protector of hers since they were young children. Anna did not feel she was part of the tribe, but the tribe apparently believed she would marry Dark Hawk once they reached a certain age. Yeah, welcome to the friend zone, Dark Hawk. (laughs) I saved you a seat, buddy. Eventually, Anna and her Aunt Stella were more or less pushed away from the tribe, no longer welcomed in the ways they once were. So while all of this was happening, changes began taking place in the area. The lumber era was in full swing and whites were moving into Hemlock, pushing the tribes away from their land. Dark Hawk convinced the rest of the Indians in the area that Jonathan Millerton had something to do with this. He was working in the lumber industry at the time and Jonathan became a target. Jonathan still thought he would he could gain the Indians trust and they would sell the land to the whites. But it would seem the whites moving in weren't willing to be patient. So they decided to do things their own way by using force. Anna had hoped to restore some peace between the groups of people, but when she went back to the Indian's village, she saw the carnage left by the whites. She found herself at Dark Hawk's tent, where his brother Little Bear was crying over their mother, singing Sparrow. 
Singing Sparrow was beaten badly, but she was able to tell Anna that white men had come to had come to camp when the Indian men went to hunt, beating and raping the women of the village. Singing Sparrow died in Anna's arms. Dang. Yeah. So this was when Anna was like 13 or 14 at this time. So Anna and Jonathan were married when Anna was 17. They were married for three months when he had been called away to work the lumber trade on the Great Lakes. Anna's Aunt Stella had died around the time Jonathan left, leaving Anna alone. Entries in her journal show that she may have been having a difficult time distinguishing fantasy from reality. Jonathan was gone for about a year, during which time Dark Hawk would come to Anna and sexually assault her as revenge for what the white men did to the women of his village. And sounds like maybe it's a little bit of uh, also in revenge of what Anna did. I mean, I'm not condoning, but, yeah. you know, I, I, yeah, come on, Dark Hawk. He definitely own yeah. it. And and he he probably like he was I believe he was witness like what like came into the tent and saw Anna over his mom's body. So it's possible that he thought that she had something to do with killing her, too, even Mm. though she didn't. You know, she showed up at the end. Um, You know, that is a, a bad thing about being in the friend zone. Sometimes the vantage point isn't that good. And we jumped to wrong conclusions. Yeah, exactly. So eventually word had gotten to Anna that Jonathan's ship sank and her depression got the best of her. She died by suicide on August 12th, 1830. She hung herself from the rafter of a small shed towards the back of Dice Road Cemetery. The shed is now an outhouse and it still stands protected by the ghost of Anna Rhodes. On October 30th... That is a time I really wouldn't want to run into a ghost. No. (laughs) While going potty, but especially going potty in the worst place possible. Also... A haunted outhouse. Yeah, like, it's weird. I mean, you know, I guess they needed to put bathrooms where they needed to put bathrooms. But, like, it's just a cemetery out there. So they turned the shed into an outhouse for, like... I would be so mad if I was a ghost and like kind of tied to the area of land where it's like, really, really, this is what you're going to do to me. Right. You expect me to pass on to the other side once I'm at peace. Yeah. I'm not going to be at peace. No wonder she's haunting it. You've turned my sacred ground into an outhouse. White people, I'll tell you. Yeah. On October 30th. (gasps) Oh. 1830, Jonathan returned home. The ship he was on had not sunk. It just didn't reach port on time. Another ship had sunk, however, hence the confusion. When Jonathan returned home to find out Aunt Stella had died and that Anna had hung herself after a brief spiral into madness, he became depressed and spent the remainder of his life grieving her. He never remarried and lived in Forest Hill until he died in 1879 of natural causes. He was 74 years old. Before his death, Jonathan was shunned by the townspeople. He claimed that his dead wife visited him, in the, visited him in the forest near the shed. After Jonathan's death, there were reports that Anna could be seen haunting the forest near the cemetery. In 1895, Anna's journal was found hidden in the wall of the shed, which is how we know so much of her story. So... They're aware that a presence is there, but still someone decided, yeah, 
let's turn the shed into a haunted outhouse. I know. Man. It's so weird to Some think. Some people never get a break. <laughs> so the Michigan Historical Research Foundation for Paranormal Activity had possession of Anna's journal until 1971. Her journal was given to the local police department after hauntings on Dice Road had been reported. And that's where we're going to pick up the episode for next week. So, what do you think of what do you think of Anna's story? Do you think the cemetery is really haunted? I have never heard of a ghost stuck haunting a bathroom, and that is what I am really stuck on <laughs> I can right tell. now. Like, it must really be awful to be a ghost. Yeah. Because you don't meet a lot of happy ghosts. But, man, if I was a ghost and I found out that my haunting spot was turned into, like, a public bathroom... I would be so ticked off. Yeah, and it's just weird to think, like, clearly they knew that that's, like, clearly they knew that there was, like, she hung herself there, right? Like, did the people that at that time have such little respect for her and her story that they were just like, meh, it's fine. Like, like really adding insult to injury. It is. I mean, it really is. And especially if you believe the place is haunted by this woman who and she wasn't I mean, she was barely a woman. She was a child. Essentially, she was like 17. But to think that they knew what had happened there. I mean, even if they didn't find her journal up and up until, you know, much later, like they knew that the place that's where she died by suicide. Yeah. It seems weird to me that they would do anything with it other than, I mean, if you're not going to leave it standing as is, I would under, I would, I would assume you would tear it down, but to turn it into something completely different just feels really grimy. Yeah. I, uh, I, I really, I think this would make an excellent movie mm-hmm. because I really like like the A24 horror movies that are sort of like, oh, it's like a parable for like Babadook being a parable for um, depression Mm -hmm. and the stress of being a single parent and stuff like that. Um, We just watched uh, Talk to Me, which is sort of like a parable about coping with grief and, you know, letting go and being unable to let go. Like literally in that movie, like I think that this story, I would call it Black Hawk Down. <laughs> and um, it was that the kid's name? What Dark was? Hawk. Dark Hawk Down. <laughs> uh, but I think it's really a parable about uh, the dangers of gentrification. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, all jokes aside. Yeah. I mean, honestly. Yeah. It's, Yeah. <laughs> It's weird when you put it that way, but yeah. but yeah, I mean the whole yeah the whole I mean, thing is just crazy. I mean, technically, that is sort of the the parable of the movie Poltergeist as well, but <laughs> right. you know, um, yeah, it just, all just kind of goes together. <laughs> yeah, I just think it would be really neat to make a movie about a haunted outhouse, but actually have it be sort of like a. Wow, that was the smartest movie I've ever seen about a haunted outhouse. Yeah, yeah. Now I think the movie should just be called Haunted Outhouse. <laughs> <laughs> or some real scary sh- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that this kind of reminds me of is like, 
you know, you watch old movie or old episodes of Three's Company, and it's like, wow, this whole thing could have been resolved by just communicating with one another, right? Like, I recognize that communication between Indians and whites at that time was probably, first of all, almost physically impossible, right? Because they're speaking a different language, like literally speaking a different language. So I recognize that communication was probably extremely difficult. But, but if, there was enough communication yeah. there that Dark Hawk and his family knew what she was dealing with and were giving her a tea that would help yeah. her right. sleep. And, you know, so there was enough communication there. It was, you know, it... Um, so it's yeah. more just people it's more just white people being white people right yeah. like <laughs> just coming in and taking over at any cost and then this poor girl lost her life because of it and yeah. in a terrible way like and it's not just like she was depressed and decided to end her life like this person that was her best friend growing up and that at one point was in love with her and she may have even been in love with him, like brutalized her like terribly. Yeah. And I, I guess I am glossing over that part. Of it's it. just, yeah. but you know what I mean? It's just like, it's just, it's such a horrible story. And again, it's one of those stories where you're like, you know, we all know that these stories happen, but for some reason, anytime I think that something like that happened in Michigan, I'm just so blown away. Like, yeah, I'm just like, what? Like, I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around it. And obviously it was hundreds of years ago, but still, I'm just I'm just always blown away by I mean, less than 200 years ago. Like if his sink, his ship sunk in 1830, you know, 1830 that's yeah. just 197 years ago. So. I don't do math, so thank you for that. Yeah, so, so not so yeah, like a long time ago, but not a terribly, terribly long yeah. time ago. Yeah, it's just it's it's so bananas. Yeah, like a little bit before I was born. Just, <laughs> just shy of a couple years. Yep. <laughs> so that's the story of the Dice Road Cemetery. Uh, wow. Lauren wants to go out there. So does George, actually. Lauren and George are like, let's go. And well, I'm you like, guys have fun. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know anymore if I, w- if I want to. People have seen Anna. People have photographed Anna out there. And, you know, it's just like any other haunted place. Like, weird things happen when you go out there, right? Like, your car stops moving or, you know, whatever. Like, it just shuts off and different things like that. So I don't know. I love stuff like that, but I also, I don't really want to tempt things like that. Like, I don't think Anna is the, when I tell you the story next week about the hell house, like that sounds a little different than Anna. Like Anna seems like she's just kind of lost, probably still looking for Jonathan, you know, she, but she's not, she's not like an evil spirit. She's just kind of doing, doing her thing. So maybe I wouldn't be so afraid to go out there to the cemetery but so i'll tell you all about it all right (laughs) well next week sounds spooky it is it's gonna be good all right so yeah so we'll thank you you for sharing this you're welcome this is exciting it is i i just i love spooky stuff i don't know why i even tell you guys that because i say it all the time everybody already knows so Whatever. Anyways, so next week we will finish the Dice Road stories. We'll talk about the um, 
the general store and the hell house like you and I both love this time of year. Uh, Alice and I got married on October 27th mm-hmm. uh, by design because we like the spooky time of year. So if other people have stories to share uh, spooky stories about uh, an area where they grew up. Yeah, we I I would like to talk to people and find out, you know, um, cool things. Yeah. yeah. And and you don't have to just tell us on Facebook either. If you want to if you're interested in ever being a guest like we can. Yeah. We can do calls and stuff um, to have people, you know, remote in or whatever. Yeah, and, we can Zoom. Yeah, we can Zoom. We're going to have Doug on at some point because um, he's fantastic and he's got lots of stories to tell. But yeah, definitely. If you have any sort of spooky stories, I would. Yeah, we would love to hear them for sure. Yeah. And also absolutely. happy anniversary, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to get out of here now and we will be back next week. So watch for deer. Be safe and text us when you get home. And don't make any spooky poo poos <laughs> in haunted outhouses. <laughs>